It's time to breathe new life into the social entrepreneur by empowering you to make a living through fulfilling work that will impact lives. You'll make money, but more importantly, you'll make a difference. Welcome to the Change Creator Podcast. It's time to build a business with purpose. Now here's your host, Adam Force. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is your host, Adam Force. Welcome to the Change Creator Podcast show. Uh, we got some exciting stuff today, and we're going to be talking about marketing. So get your marketing hat on. Uh, today's guest is Brian D. Evans. If you don't know who that is, he is an Inc. 500 entrepreneur. And he's the number seven marketing influencer on Forbes. He's an author for sites like entrepreneur.com, a branding strategist, and right now he's the founder and CEO of Influensive and also BDE Ventures. Influensive is a really powerful site. Um, if you haven't stopped over, you can check it out at influensive.com. Um, lots of good small business and entrepreneur insights. Um, and he's really ramped up the audience on Influensive, which is what caught my attention. And we're gonna talk about how he did that today to help give you some insights about uh, enhancing and, and elevating your marketing game. Don't forget to stop by the iTunes store, leave us a review, some feedback. It really helps us keep the show going. Um, that goes for the magazine and for the podcast, guys. Really, uh, the reviews are powerful, so take a minute. I know it's a pain in the butt, but we really appreciate it. Speaking of the magazine, issue nine is just around the corner. It's coming out this May, around May 15th, and it's gonna be with the one and only Dale Partridge. He is the startup master, he has started several multi-million dollar companies, including uh, Sevenly. Um, he has a process that works. He's done it multiple times, and now he's teaching it. He has, his most current company is Startup Camp, um, and we're gonna talk to him. What does it take? Uh, what, is, what lessons can he share? Um, and we're gonna dive into all that in the next edition of the magazine. We also are gonna be talking to social entrepreneur Ned Tozen, who's co-founder of D-Light. Um, it is a solar company that is just doing amazing things. They've impacted over 65 million people's lives. Um, wait until you see their story and the insights that they have. It's pretty incredible. So keep an eye out for that. Again, it's coming out May 15th. Go into the App Store, download Change Creator Magazine. You can start a free trial for 30 days. And we also are giving away a free edition with our buddy, Joel Brown, who is founder of Addicted to Success. It's, it was our third edition. Now, a lot has changed since that edition, but there is four incredible interviews in that free edition. That's why we're giving it away. So you could check out those interviews and see See what it's all about. Um, that's it for now, guys. Uh, again, thank you so much for your support. Let's jump into this conversation with Brian D. Evans and learn a little bit about his marketing strategies. Hey, Brian, welcome to the Change Creator Podcast Show. How you doing, man? Hey, thanks for having me. I'm doing great. Awesome, awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming on here. Um, you know, obviously, been a fan of what you've been doing and um, you know, contributing to your amazing website, Influensive. Um, and so I'm excited to chat and see uh, how you're making it all happen. Um, so, you know, I want to just kind of dive into a couple things today that I think will be helpful for our audience who are aspiring social entrepreneurs. Um, and that is, you know, you've, you've done a lot of great work, like I said, with Influensive and building up that uh, presence with your, your site. But also, you've got a lot of great um, background with press, you know, getting on Forbes, Inc., and, and, and major sites like that. So we want to tap into that a little bit, too. Um, just, yeah. just to kick it off, though, can you just give a little background for people uh, so they get a, a sense of, you know, where you started and, and what, you, what got you into entrepreneurship? How would you get into all this stuff? 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And again, thanks for having me. Um, so I started, I I was an entrepreneur since I was 16. (laughs) Um, my first company was literally selling fire. Um, so, so, um, uh, you remember fast and the furious, uh, back when fast and the furious first came out, I realized that everybody wanted these like flamethrower things that shot flames out of the back of cars. So, so I figured out how to make them and I started selling them on eBay. This is literally 16 years ago. Um, something like that. So 16, 15, 16 years ago, like a long time ago. Um, and I started selling them on eBay and they just really took off. And I, I, at that time I didn't consider myself an entrepreneur. I was just, I just found a product that I thought people wanted and I just started selling it because my friends wanted it. And then I realized that I could sell it on eBay too. Um, so it was flying off the shelf so to speak. Um, and then eventually when I was 18 and a half, somebody approached me and said, Hey, I want to buy your business. And I was like, my business, what are you talking about? Like, I, <laughs> sure. I didn't even, like, I didn't even see it as I, like, I didn't, I didn't see myself as an entrepreneur or a business owner, but then somebody wanted to buy it. So I sold it. Um, all was great. But then I was like, okay, now what am I going to do? <laughs> yeah. Um, I had a decent amount of money, not, not millions, but, um, a good amount of money for a, for an 18 and a half year old. Um, so I said, okay, what else can I do online? So I got into early SEO and figuring out how to leverage traffic online. Cause I said to myself, okay, if there's all this traffic on eBay, what can I do with Google? Or what can I do with these other big, 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 big platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started finding different ways to generate traffic and I said, ah, I don't really want to sell any more physical products. So I started building these content based sites just in lots of different categories, um, and putting ads on the site. Um, but it kind of brought me full circle because I was making a lot of money from ads, but then I said, Hmm, someone's making <laughs> a huge cut of this. Um, so I started getting into, um, white labeling products and selling more physical products. So I, we built a big health company, um, selling different, uh, health products. Um, we did, we eventually got into, um, apps. So I realized the same thing there. I said, okay, there's, there's all these apps out there. How can I make a piece of this without actually having to make apps? Um, so I figured out how to get traffic, mobile traffic, to apps, and I got into what's called affiliate marketing, and that's basically promoting somebody else's product and getting paid a piece of the pie, so to speak. So I get a sale for somebody, and I get a piece of it, a commission. I I promote their app. I get a I get a cost per install, they call it. I get paid every time someone installs the app. Mm-hmm. So we had a big deal with a company that I can't mention, but um, a very big famous app, um, a game. And, um, basically they paid us $5 for every user, but, uh, it cost me $2. So, you know, after a million installs, (laughs) you you make a lot of money on that deal. So, um, got into just, so my whole journey was revolving around traffic online. Um, it eventually led me to wanting to build influensive and build like a more branded platform because everything I had done up to this point, there wasn't really a brand behind it. And it, Mm -hmm. my name, my name wasn't really attached to it other than just the industry people that knew about me, but in a public sense, I was never attached to it. So the big change for me was, was influensive and, and incorporating my personal brand and building that brand simultaneously. Right, right. So, I mean, you were doing, you were doing entrepreneurial business, but you weren't actually establishing your own uh, brand identity and business. So you started just kind of diving into that. And is that when Influensive started? Yeah. So, so basically, so um, about a year and a half ago now, 
a uh, year and a half, two years ago now, I said to myself, okay, it'd be really cool to uh, be a writer online. So I started writing all this content and submitting it to different sites like Forbes and Entrepreneur Magazine and Inc. Magazine, Huffington Post, all those kind of sites. Um, and it just rejection after rejection. Like oh, nobody, yeah. wanted, no, <laughs> Been there. nobody, yeah, nobody wanted it. They wouldn't respond, you know, that whole thing. Um, so I said to myself, okay, well, that's not working. Um, so how can I, what can I do? What else can I do? So I said, okay, I could write on like a site like Medium or something like that or LinkedIn. They have an open platform as well. And I said, yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, so so what I did instead was I, I made my own site. I had this domain, influensive.com. I had it for like five years and I was just sitting on it. I was like, I, I want to do something with this. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. So I said, I want to just use this. Um, so I, I used that and I just started publishing content. And uh, it was funny because at first, like the content was honestly, like it wasn't very good. Yeah. But like I've trained myself at this point just to put stuff out there and just what happens is interesting because people will give you feedback. Right. So, you know, friends and buddies would say, eh, that one was, I like the concept, but you know, the ending wasn't so good or <laughs> the, head, the headline sucked or, you know, something, <laughs> something yeah. like that. Um, so it just, it naturally got better and better. And then what happened was I'd have friends hit me up and they'd say, Hey, can we write for the site too? And I said, I was thinking to myself, at that point, I was just seeing it as like a single author blog kind of thing when it first started within the first few months. Yeah. Um, it, but then all of my friends and people around me wanted to write for it. So I said, okay, let's, let's try it out. Um, so I started doing that and then it kind of, that's when it really started to snowball. snowball yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because like, it's funny because people say like, and I know we should, um, uh, people say to me that, um, oh, like when they're asking about marketing, they, they say, how do you reach millions of people at this point? And I said, well, you know, it doesn't start with millions of no. people. It's like, <laughs> that's the wrong question to ask. Like, how do you reach 10? How do you reach hundred, right. you know, a right. thousand. Um, so for me, for, for influencive, it started with just reaching those, that initial core group of people. There's a couple concepts, like a thousand true fans. If people have heard of that, there's a lot of concepts around that. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so initially with Influensive, it really just started with me. Um, and, but what happened was, okay, so here's the interesting thing and we can talk about, we can fill in the gaps here, but, yeah. um, so what happened was after I started putting this stuff out on Influensive, I started getting the attention of the other platforms, right? And they wanted to collaborate. They said they would then. What other platforms are you referring to? So like, um, Entrepreneur Magazine, Forbes, Inc., Huffington Post, those kind of sites. Okay. Uh, well, wait, wait, wait. Let's, let's just pause there for a quick second. Let me tap into that. <clears throat> let's, let's unpack this a little bit. So, um, yeah. so influence is up and running. What I want to understand first, before, before those platforms started reaching out to you, um, what was, did you start out with a, a strategy, meaning how many days a week were you publishing um, when it was just you before, and, and how long were you doing that, that consistent system um, if you had one? Like, so where did that start, your process? Yeah, I mean, in the beginning, it was kind of shooting from the hip, so to speak, yeah. um, mm -hmm. throwing lots of darts at the wall and seeing what worked and what didn't. I went through different phases. Like, I'd publish daily, then I'd publish once a week, then I'd, you know, publish uh, at different frequencies. Yes. Um, and it, it was, I, I, you know, there's lots of different things with online publishing. There's different theories. Like, generally speaking, more is better. Yeah. Um, you know, not necessarily always. There's some, there's some things there, but um, more is kind of better, um, except, you know, here's the interesting thing. And this is one of the differences with Influensive. What I realized 
um, at one point. Uh, we, so I went in phases. At, uh, you know, I had a phase where we were publishing just constantly. And then I've kind of changed, even recently, as of recently. Like, we're only actually publishing a couple articles a day at this point because here's why. Um, so influencers growth, I have to give you, give major, um, props to all the contributors and people that are involved in actually writing and promoting content, because what a lot of other sites do is they have hundreds, thousands of articles a day going live and they can't really, with their own platform, they can't really drive traffic to any one piece. Right. Whereas with Influensive, I can drive a ton of traffic to, to articles. So I'm only putting out a couple a day, so I can feature every pretty much every article that I that we like. Right. Um, so the the people involved get a lot of value from that, and then in turn they're sharing that more because they're excited about it because it's doing well. People are seeing it, you know. People are engaging with it. They're well, they're commenting. Value to them too, right? You know. So you know, yeah. I, I can totally understand that you want to promote something. Like, Listen, this is getting traction. People are receiving it well. Let me even promote it more myself so that I can continue to build on that. So it makes total sense. Yeah. So that was a huge. That was like the huge value add for people involved because we weren't paying our writers. Um, some sites do, some sites don't. Um, but that was the that was like the value add for them was was hey we're not putting out a hundred articles a day so your stuff's going to do well because we have a lot of traffic. Um, so that was a huge that was a huge value add right there. So let's let's pause right there one more time and and so how okay so you're putting out I, I agree the more the better. Um, philosophy and I like what you're saying about, you know, you don't need a hundred a day. You might want to focus that a little bit more, but still, you know, three to five articles a day is quite a bit. Like you, you do need some, yeah. some resources to, to keep up consistently with that. So was it, was it only when you were at least doing a daily post, like one a day and let's yeah. say it takes, I mean, how it takes time, right? For this stuff to actually catch on and start building real results. So is it six to nine months before you're going to start seeing some real benefit out of that? Is it month to month growth because of it? Like what, what, what kind of time frame were you seeing to see, wow, this is actually really working. It's a formula that works. Yeah. So for me, January of 2015, uh, sorry, 16. Um, so January, 2016 so January last year. Um, that was basically the first content started trickling in there. And then I would say until, really until May, June of two, May, June of 2016 is when it really started to take off. So it was, you know, a solid, I would say, yeah, a solid six, six, seven months is, of consistency yeah. is really what it took. And there was, of course, a lot of different tests in there to, to sort of, um, see what worked and didn't work. You know, here's the thing about media platforms, <laughs> um, media platforms, for direct monetization of media platforms is very difficult. Um, a lot of people think that like they see influencer and they say, wow, you must be making millions from this platform. And it's like, no, it's like, that's not, the, that's not the point. Like influencer is, you know, sure. We've got our mastermind now and we've got different, we've got different things that, that sort of monetize. We're not doing courses or anything like that. Right. Um, just because I think for, uh, you know, I think it runs the risk of devaluing the brand to, to push courses on people and stuff like that. So we're, we're not going that route. Mm-hmm. Not always, you know, of course, like courses are valuable. You know, I'm not dissing courses. I'm just saying. It's really saturated too. I mean, yeah, of course for everything and everybody's doing it. So how do you differentiate and maybe monetize and offer something different? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, for me, yeah. So it took about six months of real consistency to start sort of hitting those big numbers. And we had some pretty good growth even in that six months. We were over like, I think after four and a half, five months, we were over 100,000 unique visitors a month. 
Um, so we had a big jump, um, when we started, when I started like allowing a lot of, uh, contributors in. So we had, we had a jump to like 50 or 75, something like that contributors. And then, um, that was the, that was a big turning point. Um, and I think, you know, I think we, you know, it's interesting because I see a lot of new media platforms that are really struggling. And I think we just, it's just one of those timing things and like brand association, I think influenza with the name just really caught with people. Um, so I think that was a big factor as well. And I think people, that's, that's something that I think people overlook a lot. Like they come up with these, these even apps or sites or, or businesses in general, like they sometimes have really bad names. Um, <laughs> it's a bit, it makes a big difference. <laughs> yeah, it really does. I mean, unless like, you're offering someone the cure to cancer and the name just doesn't matter, but most yeah. times it does have an impact. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Of course you get the cure to cancer and call it green tree and people will buy it. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Interesting. So, so, so six months, you're doing a few posts a day consistently. Um, <clears throat> and, and the other thing that's interesting that, you know, there is a little bit more to the formula, and I only know because I've I've collaborated with you before on your platform and contributed, and that is you have a nice process um, that I actually haven't seen before, which is cool, um, where you can uh, take an application in. I know there's like you know certain plugins and stuff, but yours seems a little more uh, customized. Like you had a WordPress customized to allow people to apply and then sign up and and do all the stuff. So it really takes a lot off of you, where all you got to do is review and approve the, the final articles. Um, now, was that a big investment for you? or if, uh, Would you mind sharing a little bit about that setup process? Yeah, so on the technical setup side, um, yeah, and actually, yeah, just in terms of relief, it was huge because um, even to this day, I've, I'm getting hundreds of messages a day about asking people, people asking about publishing articles and can they contribute and things <laughs> like that. So the big shift for me, yes, yeah, so the big shift for me was setting up like a portal that they could just, you know, they could sign up and oh. we'd take a look at it. So now when people say, hey, can I be a writer? I say, hey, I just send them a link. Like yeah, it's, got all, link. <laughs> it's got all the info there. Like I'm not trying to be an asshole. Like it's just, it's just that, you know, when you've got hundreds or thousands in some cases, people reaching out a day or a week, it's like, you just can't respond to everybody on a, you know, you can't give a meaningful response to everybody. So, um, at this point we're just sort of sending the link out but yeah, so the technical setup of that, it was pretty easy. Um, uh, we, I can't tell you exactly what we're using cause I don't know, but, um, <laughs> so I, you know, I have a, I have a good knowledge of, you know, good knowledge of, of we're using WordPress and right, right. Um, lots of plugins and things like that, but it's highly customized, um, at this point, yeah. but, uh, we have, we have a whole process. So like it's a, there's a system and it basically they, people submit an application. We get a, we get a notification and we have like a, a pool of a uh, bucket of, um, people that have applied and we can sort of approve them or deny them or send them a message or whatever. Um, so we we get about, I like that because, you know, uh, to me, it's even more professional, um, when you are someone who wants to contribute and you have that kind of a setup. So I find it to be more efficient. And, you know, even when I was exploring your site, Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, great. This makes it a lot easier actually for me. So I would rather not have to worry about doing a personal email and trying to get your attention because you're super busy. Right. And that's what I realized about these other, some other sites and I'm not dissing them. I'm just, I just said, well, why, you know, I, I would rather just put an application up and just, you know, 
tell people it might take months to get a response, but at least we have your application rather than like, they're trying to like send me letters in the mail and knock on my door and, <laughs> you know, hunt me down and yeah. figure out where I am on Instagram and come hunt me down. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, so it, it just made more sense just to put it up there rather than having people try to like harass us nonstop. <laughs> yeah. So, so you, did you have a, uh, and this would be the last thing I bring up on this topic, but, and we'll move on. But, um, yeah. did you have to have an engineer come in to do some custom development? Oh yeah. Yeah. I thought yeah. So. Yeah. For sure, yeah. So we're using WordPress, but it's very, you know, it's so modified. Yeah, it's so modified at this point. Like, I, if I had to put it together myself from scratch right now, I wouldn't even be able to tell you, like, <laughs> No, it's interesting, yeah, because, you know, I see stuff like that, and I've worked with a lot of developers. I'm in the app game, obviously, with the magazine and stuff, and I've tried to do um, some interesting API work to connect the app to the website and all this other stuff, and... Um, you know, I actually find it sometimes difficult to get the right engineers. I went through a couple, you know, developers and I was, they, they seem so spot on, but you just never know what kind of work they can, it, I don't know, it's hard. Did you have a, did you struggle in finding the right person or team to do the work that you were actually looking for? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what I do is I'll kind of test people and I'll just, I'll hire somebody on like a like a contract or freelance sort of basis or just a small project like, hey, can you just do this one thing? And I'll sort of see what they do, see how easy or hard they are to work with, um, see what the quality of the work is, see if they actually do what I needed them to do. And then I can sort of take it from there. Um, where I think, you know, what it's, it's, uh, Hire slow, fire fast, yeah. <laughs> and I and I think that's that's a that was really important for me. Um, I, I was I used to be hire fast, fire slow. <laughs> I, yeah, and, <laughs> yeah, that's a, a common mistake I think you know. Yeah, so I'll you know I'll I'll test somebody quickly. I'll te- I'll say hey, here's this one task. Let's see how you do. Yeah. Um, and I'll be upfront with them. I'll just say hey, we're just testing this one thing. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was yeah. So that's. I think for me to, to find the right people, I'm always testing people. I'm always giving them small, and I might test 10 people. I might say, Hey, can you try this? You do this, you do this. So I'm giving them different sort of assignments and I'm seeing like, who's actually doing a good job. Who's easy to work with and things like that. Yeah, exactly. It's, you know, it takes a little patience and people get eager. Like I want to get it going. I don't want to, I don't want to go through (laughs) another two weeks of like interviewing and testing. And I have found, I mean, I was looking for a content crafter and same thing. Like I, I did, real quick hires in the beginning, um, during some, you know, early phases. And then I learned, I was like, you know what, I got to go interview every person over Skype face to face, talk about all this stuff, do test, uh, you know, articles and all this other stuff. So it pays yeah. off when you're diligent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so let's segue over to your, your press, um, that you started touching on earlier. So we got influence of it's up and running. Um, we built up the traffic, um, and now, now you're starting to qualify and get attention from, you know, entrepreneur and Forbes. So what about, so you, so there's a lot of blogs out there that get traffic. Why are they, why do they care about what you're doing? You know, I think with, with the media, it's really interesting because, you know, if you look at any of the most successful companies in the world, what do you, you think of people? So you look, yes. you, think, you think of Facebook, think of a person, Mark Zuckerberg, Apple, Steve Jobs, right. Microsoft, Bill Gates. Um, so any of the most successful companies in the world, you think of a person. So what I realized at one point was it's not about, okay, there's two sides of this. It's not about the brand and it's not about only about me. Um, but when you incorporate a story, a person, or many people, like contributors to a platform, for example, that are sort of all collectively involved in a project like Influensive, that starts to become the story. Um, so people are interested in stories and in, in people's stories. So um, 
you know, so there's been lots of, I've had lots of press and many different platforms. And what I realized at one point was, because first I was like, oh, well, they're never going to write about me because it's so competitive because I'm running another media platform. Right. But then I realized to myself, well, wait a minute. We, I write about, we write about people on Influenza all the time and some of them have other media platforms. So it's, it's kind of a, I, I feel like it's more about the collaboration than competition. And that was something that I realized early on as an entrepreneur is that I try to find ways to collaborate with as many people as possible rather than looking at them as competition. So a lot of different, at this point, like even podcasts like yours and, and different other platforms, like we're collaborating with so many different people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm referring back I'm, I'm linking to articles I write on Inc. or I write on Forbes or I write on Entrepreneur. So mm-hmm. there's there's sort of a mutual exchange there of, you know, linking back and forth and mutual benefits. So um, it, it wasn't like a – it wasn't a competitive thing, but having sort of a deeper story um, is, is definitely what gets their attention because people want to connect with people. They want to hear the story. And here's the interesting thing about stories. What I realized – was nobody cares about how much money you've made. Nobody cares about all the successes you've had. What people really care about is what struggles did you have? Mm-hmm. Like, what were your, what were your failures? Um, so for me, I had a huge fear of sort of, <laughs> it goes deep, but sort of fear of being seen and having people see my stuff. So that's why, that's why I, that's original, originally why I became a writer online because I, I realized I had this fear and I was like, I got to get over this because this is stupid. Um, so my first, my first article on Forbes was about how this millennial conquered one of his fears. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and it was literally about me starting Influensive and like having a fear of like being seen and being in, and having my content online because, and I think for a lot of entrepreneurs and content creators, that's, that's where, that's the big gap. Okay. Once you get going, like you'll, you'll start, it'll get better and better, but people have the, the problem is they don't even start because they have this fear. Like, ah, oh, I don't, I don't want to create anything. They try to make their content perfect, whether it's a video content or an article or whatever it is, or just posting stuff on social media. Yeah. They have this fear of like, oh, it's not going to be good enough. So I shouldn't do it. So I wanted to share my story of like, no, you got to just start. And it's not, it's okay if it's not good. And that's why I said before, like my content was, and I, I'm very upfront about this. I always say like my first content I put online was not very good um, because it can show people that it, where it can go. Like if you really stick yeah, with it. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. just sharing that story was what allowed me to start getting into different platforms. And so Forbes, except now yeah, you got rejected by Forbes early on, but now they accepted your article submission um, because you had a more established platform with Influensive. Is, I mean, so it seems, I guess I, 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 I know what you're saying in, in um, you know, the, the direction you took about talking about struggles <clears throat> and things like that. But what made Forbes, I guess, take you on at that point? What was the differentiation? Right. Well, okay, so yeah, so by starting off, you know, eventually the content gets better, right? So uh, my original, my my content that I initially would submit to different platforms was not very good, but oh, then okay. after a year, you know, after like a year of writing, yeah. you just I got better and better and better and better. So uh, I think for a lot of people, it's it's creating a body of work that can be seen elsewhere too. So like a platform like Forbes is very, they're probably not going to take something that is from a brand new writer in most cases. Yeah. yeah. Um, just because that's how it is. Um, so what you're 
better off doing is going and establishing a body of work somewhere else. It's like, you know, like if you're an actor, for example, like if you want to go star in the next big $100 million action movie, it could happen. You could get that big break and be the next unknown person that's done it. But if you have a body of work that you're in some TV shows and a couple smaller movies and can show like, this is what I've done. And people go, wow, this guy's awesome. I want to put him in the big movie now. So it's kind of like almost think of it like a stepping stone. Like you're, you're putting out a body of work that people can see. And as it gets better and better, people see that and they take notice and they say, wow, this article is getting a lot of traction. This guy is now everywhere. Everyone's quoting him in different articles and everything. So you're creating this sort of world that people want to be a part of. And once they see that, it makes it so much easier to then now, you know, now at this point, I have all that work out there so I can submit my content to any site and they're like, oh, cool, great. Um, because they know my stuff's doing well in addition to the content's actually good. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes complete sense. And are you writing um, a lot still today, meaning like more than one article a week or what's your current status? Yeah, I write about a couple articles a week on average. Really? Um, for your yeah. influensive and for other platforms? Yeah, so I'll, I'll on average I write about one article a week for Inc. Magazine, and then Forbes I do about once a month at this point. Entrepreneur a couple times a month, Huffington Post a couple times a month, and then Influencer I aim to do about once a week, but sometimes it's once every two weeks because um, I want to give more contributors. Like you know, I don't I don't want it just to be the the Brian blog. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot, man. It's a lot. So you yeah. got to get a system down for writing articles and. Um, I took a class. Yeah. I don't know if you know Danny Inney in the online industry. Mm. Um, he does audience development courses and stuff like that. Now he's teaching all mm. kinds of other stuff. But um, he was real big where he did you know 80 guest posts in his year. And he took John Morrow's writing class. And he has this write like Freddy process. Everyone was like, how did you write 80 guest posts <laughs> in a year? You know, it's like so much. <laughs> and um, it was because he really broke down a formula that worked and was able to really get through articles quickly. And um, I'm curious, like, have you established a formula that you use to help <clears throat> your process? Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> the first thing for me is I think, I think the first mistake a lot of people make is they try to write about things they don't really actually know that much about. Exactly. What I do is <clears throat> I take actual questions that people typically ask me, like I'll get hundreds of messages and social media messages and emails and things like that. Um, DMS and stuff on Instagram or whatever <clears throat> every week. And people will ask me questions or even on comments on other social media posts. <clears throat> And I'll take, I'll see like a common theme sometimes, like someone will ask me, <clears throat> how do I growth hack my Facebook? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So, um, I'll use that. I'll, instead of responding right then and there and writing a 800 word response to them, I'll write an article and I'll link it to them. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That makes sense. I like that. Yeah. That's a good approach. Yeah. And, um, you can get a lot of interesting stuff like that too, from Quora and other sites. If, if you don't have people, <clears throat> I'm t- talking to the audience now, if you don't have a lot of people, you know, obviously asking you questions, you have an audience that can do that. But if you, um, explore websites, even like yours, you might see things, um, that, pe- oh, I guess so you don't have comments on your site, but sites, some sites do or Quora and things like that. So it's a great way to see, you know, what are people curious about? And then you can ask those questions. And even on sites like Quora, you can link to them and give them that kind of response and stuff like that, which is probably effective. Yeah. Even sometimes, you know, you'll get questions from your friends about things. Like it's funny because people will sometimes look for a a big, you know, huge quantity, but just, you might say like, Adam, what do people commonly ask you? You know, like it, it doesn't matter. I mean, you have a big audience, but like the average person, like Bob down the street, like 
there's probably a question that he's an expert in that people ask him. It could be about the most random thing. It could be about like some technical thing with computers or something. Right, and you right. can, you can, you can go find a blog that has an audience for that and you can become the expert in that. Exactly. And then you can expand from there. You can say, well, in addition to tech, I also know about, you know, apps. Sure. Yeah. No, yeah. that makes sense. That makes sense. Wow. You do. So, I mean, you got a lot going on too. You've been running contests. Is that, uh, what's the status of your contest right now? Yeah, so the contest is part of a greater picture. Um, so we're doing a mastermind this summer. Um, uh, so it's for sort of, um, you know, entrepreneurs that have not super, not at the top of the mountain, but people that are doing big things um, that, you know, they're, they might have a big Instagram account that they're monetizing. They might have a website, an app, a um, coaching business, something that's going really well, but they want to take it to that next, next level. They want to get to the million a year mark. Um, so we're putting a mastermind together. It's, it's at influensive.com slash mastermind. Um, but, it, but what we're doing is we're giving away. So we're going to, so ever, so the concept of a mastermind for people that don't know, is that you take 20 people that all have some sort of high value, like, you know, someone like you that's an expert in different topics and you have me and you have different people that are, you know, high level experts in different topics, right? You put them in a room and instead of one person just standing there and talking the whole time, it's everybody's helping everybody. So I basically put 20 people in a room that are all experts in something and they all just help each other blow up to the next level. So what we're doing is we're taking one of those spots, one of the 20 spots, and we're doing a contest to fly somebody out to LA um, this summer, uh, it's in June. We're flying somebody out to LA to be in the mastermind and um, that like a free spot in the mastermind with airfare paid and you know yeah. put them up in a put them up in a mansion in the hills. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so that's a contest and there's some incredible um, uh, people involved in the mastermind so far. Yeah. Um, so it's at influenza.com. So people pay to be in the mastermind. Oh, um, it, yeah. So it's basically the, the concept of a mastermind. This is not a new concept is that people are paying a premium to be around other people that can afford to pay right. a premium. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Otherwise you get, you know, it's, it's tough. Otherwise you get people that, that sort of fake it and stuff like that, but you can't, you know, you can't fake paying a, a hefty premium. Um, <laughs> well, it means they're serious too. And they're likely people yeah. who've had some, uh, good experience and success that they can share with others. Yeah, exactly. I personally spend tens of thousands of dollars a year on masterminds myself. I'm in mastermind groups outside of my own um, that I spend a lot of money on, and I've gotten tremendous value from it. Just the networking alone yeah. is extremely beneficial. I, I think when people are at that, if you're listening to this and you're and you're at that you know level of your doing, you know six figures a year, but you want to go to seven figures and I'm not even just promoting mine, but just, I, I highly recommend masterminds. Um, find the, find the biggest one you can afford and th- that has the best balance of people that are related to what you're doing, or in some cases not related to what you're doing, because, you know, I've met some people in my mastermind groups that I'm in that are in my exact industry, but they've already tr- provided me tremendous value. Some one person in my masterminds, like a wedding photographer, and she's, you know, doing these crazy, amazing things that, um, that I wouldn't have thought could benefit me, but it does. So, um, you know, it's, it's just, it's really interesting how, um, how that works. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it sounds amazing. Um, I was checking it out. So, uh, you know, and those things get so expensive and I think people shy away, but you're right. I think it is for when you're a little bit more established, you obviously be more confident in investing in those things. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. For sure. Yeah, when, once you're at that next level. <laughs> exactly. Well, listen, I want to be respectful of your time. Um, and let me just give you a, a chance here. I, want, I know we mentioned the site a couple times, but let's give you, if you want to give a shout out to some of the sites and where people can find you and what you're doing, uh, the contests and your main site. Um, uh, if you want to just do that, that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. It's influensive.com. Um, that's the main site. Um, Brian D Evans.com is me. I'm Brian D Evans on pretty much every social media platform <laughs> as well. And then the contest we were talking about is influensive.com slash contest. And you, the three prizes are basically a, a trip to LA for the mastermind. All everything's paid. There's a, also a camera and an iPad that they can win to on that page. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, guys, great site. Definitely want to swing by and check it out. There's just a ton of good content. Um, so swing through there. And Brian, thanks again for your time. Really appreciate all the great insights and uh, kudos on your progress and everything that you're doing. Cool. Thanks a lot for having me. I really appreciate it. You got it, man. Talk to you later. That's all for this episode. Your next step is to join the change creator revolution by downloading our interactive digital magazine app for premium content, exclusive interviews, and more ways to stay on top of your game. Available now on iTunes and Google Play or visit changecreatormag.com. We'll see you next time where money and meaning intersect right here at the Change Creator Podcast. Yeah.